legal fees that was invoiced by Michael Cohen, who yeah. arranged this on his own with his own money initially, took out a loan, literally, resolved this without the president knowing, came back and then sent a bill in for four times the amount over the course of a year it was paid off as legal fees as was the invoice. Right. But what was he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? If there's no nothing wrong with How about the truth? You, want, you keep saying, what should be the ledger? Chuck. Should it Chuck, be the truth? Chuck, Chuck <laughs> that, what, what, would you ever put a four-paragraph sentence into a ledger? Chuck, you're being, that, I, I, honestly, I think you're being a little petty when you're looking at <gasps> this now. Because there is no filing obligation. You can put whatever you want in your own personal ledger. Mm -hmm. If there were a tax obligation, that would be one thing. If he had taken campaign funds, that would be something else. This Neither of these things happened here. So you have a situation where you're looking at either was it a tax deduction yeah. and they pulled it out of the grand jury because they thought initially it was he was taking a deduction. He did not. And secondly, did he use campaign funds? If he yeah. did not, he used personal funds. And the test again is what do you have made that payment regardless of the yeah. campaign? And the answer to that question a resounding yes by all accounts. attorney, number one defense attorney in the world, friend of mine for 43 years, Joseph Tacopino, who's exploded on the scene. And of course, you guys who are big fans of mine know I'm friends with Chuck Todd for many, many years, many years. Chuck has been there for me in the past when I've had some of my personal difficulties. So I was looking forward to see how Chuck Todd, meet the press, was going to handle a guy that he knows is my best friend for 43 years. And Joe Tacopina just kicked his ass all over the canvas. He called them petty. I loved that. Chuck uh, brought up something from five years ago. It's kind of embarrassing. And Tacopina did a tremendous job, let me tell you, tremendous of explaining it away. This guy's been on every radio, TV show, Republican, Democrat. He doesn't care because he comes with the facts. And, yes, he represents President Donald Trump. Uh, not this case, not the Alvin Bragg case, not Mar-a-Lago, not January 6th, but he knows what he's talking about. Here he is, back on the big show, my main man, Joe Tacopina. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Sid. So, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad um, that I had my guard up yesterday because there was just something about Chuck Todd <laughs> and, and his history with how he, how he reacts and treats President Trump, that made me think, okay, I'm glad he's friends with Sid. Let's see how this goes. I had a transcript ready from that five-year-ago interview, thank God. And, you know, the only disappointing part was I, I, I thought it was going on Meet the Press, which, you know, has a, has a modicum of respect and prestige. And it wound up I was almost going on Jerry Springer. And it was, um, <laughs> it was, it was disappointing. But I think that's what happens in Trump world. You know, it People does. lose their it minds. Does. They yeah. lose their minds. And then Chuck Todd sent me this afterwards. He goes, and I quote, if you knew I was reading this on the air, you may get upset. I just don't care. He goes, tell Joe my wife was impressed with how he defended Trump without defending Trump, 
if you get my drift, which I don't get your drift. Um, but <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? But but I was disappointed because I had spoken to Chuck last week, and you know, I, I always hope that there are going to be times when the media, who suffers from Trump derangement syndrome even more than the average person on the street, is going to show that hey, this is a dog case, no matter what. And if Takapina is going to come on, I'm going to give him the respect. A, he's defending Trump. And B, I don't really have a case against Donald Trump, but they just can't do it. They just can't do it, Joe. They can't. And, you know, Chuck Todd's response to that, again, it was disappointing for someone who, you know, has, has, has considered a respectable journalist, not some of these slapstick people you see, you know, going on MSNBC for five minutes and they don't know anything about anything. Chuck Todd's a respectable journalist, yet he went on there not fully understanding the law of campaign finance. That was clear from his questions yesterday, and that was that was was a little. Well, I want you to talk. I want you to talk more about that and emphasize that because you said the same thing to me yesterday morning afterwards that you were disappointed and you couldn't believe he did not know the law. What did he say or not say that proved that to you? He, it, what he simply said was, you know, when I was trying to make him understand that the law of campaign finance is very clear. If if there is personal funds being used as opposed to campaign funds, that's a big distinction, first of all. Can you imagine, Sid, can you imagine that if Donald Trump paid for that, that settlement, that civil case settlement with Stormy Daniels, with campaign contributions, they would be leading a charge to prosecute Trump. They would be baying for his scalp, okay, because they say he used illegal uh, – campaign funds on personal use it's it you can't do that it's improper but because he did it the right way they're now trying to jam a, a theory that somehow it was really a campaign expenditure when it's not it's very simple the law in this regard it's not murky yeah it's what's murky is that no one's ever been prosecuted on this theory but the law is simple it's simply that if he had donald trump or anyone else had any reason to make that payment irrespective of the campaign, okay, then it takes out of campaign finance law. Like I, I used an example yesterday. If I'm going on a campaign, Sid, and I want to look as good as possible because I want to try and get votes, I want to affect the campaign positively, I'm going to go buy a new suit, right? I'll buy an expensive suit. I won't wear my, you know, old rag from uh, 15 years ago, okay? Right. That's a That will certainly benefit the campaign if I look sharp and good and I don't look like I'm, uh, you know, a hobo. But on the other hand, that's a personal expenditure. That cannot be considered campaign funds, yet you're benefiting the campaign. So anything that benefits the campaign doesn't make a campaign funds law that governs. And here, this was something that was a nuisance settlement in a civil case where even that lowlife Michael Cohen under oath when he was pleading guilty to his litany of crimes, even he said this was done, oh, yeah, it would positively affect the campaign, but also – it was done for personal reasons to prevent the president and his family from embarrassment. Right. So he had many non-electoral reasons for trying to keep the allegations quiet, most notably family harmony, protecting his family members, especially his young son, Barron, and, and, and you know even preserving his future viability as a television personality in case he lost the election. So if you have reasons to do it that are outside the campaign, make it an expenditure, and you use personal funds, there's no issue. No. But I'm his lawyer, so everyone expects me to say that, but that's the law. But if you've been watching these shows, left, right, in the middle, you know, former members of the FEC, including the chairman, Bradley Smith, has gone on national television and said exactly what I just said. That is the statutory law. 
So when Chuck Smith's saying, well, this sounds like it should be an issue to go to court because, Stop. you know, you say this Stop. and I say this. Stop. And I'm like, Chuck, you don't understand the law. No. You know, I, you just, I said, I kept saying you're conflating two issues. You can, again, he kept going to the personal ledgers and stuff like that. I mean, which is a non-issue if there's no underlying crime. If he didn't have a filing obligation, then there's, you can put what you want in your own ledger. And it wasn't a lie. It was, in, in a sense, legal fees, by the way. It, it was something that was a legal settlement for a legal case that was done and orchestrated by a lawyer who then billed him. And I, what, what else are you supposed to put in the ledger? No, listen, it's totally legal. You mentioned Bradley Smith. And uh, as we speak, MSNBC is running on the scroll. Grand jury expected to meet today in quote-unquote hush money case. But they're interviewing a guy named David French. And uh, French wrote an editorial in today's New York Times, and you know nobody hates Donald Trump more than the New York Times, except for maybe Chuck Todd. And uh, his column says, and I quote, he's talking about it right now, which I'm sure is not making Joe Amica happy. He's saying, quote, to indict former President Trump on this case is, in quotes, unwise. So it's becoming a a, a bipartisan thing. Republicans like you know there's just no legal issue, and Democrats, they don't care about that. They're worried about the political ramifications, which can come back and bite them. So on both sides right now, people are coming to the quick realization there's nothing here, nothing. It's, there, there is, I, I, that's why I'm baffled. I keep saying I can't believe I'm still talking about this. There is no legal theory that brings this into court. And if they bring this, it just goes to show you this is a prosecutor playing to his, his, his financiers. This is a prosecutor who's allowing his office to be weaponized to go after a political opponent who they deem to be, you know, strong. Um, it, it, it's everything this justice system is not about. You know, in Nazi Germany, in, in, in the Soviet Union, in China, they they find the person they don't like and then they go find the crime. Right. We never. That's something that I just said it. Said, I swear to God, the, the hair on my neck just stood up saying mm-hmm. that yeah. because that's not what we're supposed to do in this country. Yeah. Yeah. That is what's happening. And we're getting to the point where that's what it's going to be like. This is going to be the new playing field. Next time you have a Republican prosecutor and a Democrat in office they don't like, is this going to happen? Because this is the new norm now. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you, the damage it, here will be so far, yeah. far lasting. It's, it's mind-boggling on a case that is not even a case that you can bring legally. Right. But it's interesting you said the, the office of Alvin Bragg because I know Chuck Bill's the same way. I've heard a couple of people say, because, look, we've got the bullseye on Alvin Bragg because we hate him because he allows criminals to walk the streets in New York who commit more and more crimes. That's why we hate Alvin Bragg more than this Trump thing. But in terms of the Trump thing, I've heard a lot of people say, and I think you just said it, too, that uh, it really not, it's not really not Alvin Bragg, that there are people in Alvin Bragg's office that Bragg kind of figured out after Cyrus Vance this was a loser but the pressure was put on Alvin Bragg by the people in his office, maybe by the progressive Democrats, and that's why he kind of revived this thing, that it really wasn't his idea. You believe that? I, I, I do believe it because he, you know, that's why that Mark Pomerantz left in a, with a temper tantrum and a huff and went and wrote a book in violation of grand jury secrecy laws, you know, complaining about Alvin Bragg not having the balls to go forward against Donald Trump. You know, that when that happened, when that book came out and he went on 60 Minutes, all of a sudden, Alvin Bragg had a newfound interest in the Stormy Daniels case, the zombie case, as they called it, because there's no crime here. So it's like of all cases, this is the one you're bringing. Even Pomerantz in his book said that. Um, and how do you bring a case based on nothing but the word of Michael Cohen? Um, think about that, Sid. I mean, no prosecutor in their right mind would do that, especially when you understand the ramifications here. The ramifications here 
are are so much more than one individual going before a judge at 100 Center Street and getting arraigned on an indictment and and, and having to fight a case. The, The ramifications here are to absolutely confirm weaponization of the justice system, which is why we had that new committee in Washington, D.C., the House uh, Judicial Oversight Committee, which looks into weaponization of the Department of Justice. It's so horrible that we have to have a committee like that now, (laughs) but uh, obviously we do. And by the way, I don't know if you've been following, but they've been sending some very terse letters to Alan Bragg saying, no, 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 you have some answering to do. You're spending federal funds. We have a right to look into this, and I want to understand what are you doing? Um, and they've been very aggressive with, with Bragg, and Bragg's basically, you know, wow. by all accounts, thumbing his nose at them, but not a good idea to do to a, a congressional committee. And we'll see where this goes. This is Everything here is so unprecedented. All I can hope and pray is that someone got to this guy and said, yeah. listen, this is well, well, what do you think? I, 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 I think that uh, the, the more days that go by, and there is no indictment, no arrest, tomorrow would be a week when Trump said he was going to get arrested, the uh, the consensus is the more days that go by, the more likely it is that Bragg is going to leave this thing alone. Your money right now, Bragg still brings charges or he leaves it alone? See, I'm like one of the last holdouts that, that believes that, that he doesn't bring charges because it's an unsustainable case. Said, I don't understand the legal theory they proceed under. What they're hoping and what, what, what I guess Chuck Hobb was sort of saying yesterday, ah! Let's bring the case anyway. We'll see if it makes it or doesn't make it. Sounds like we have an interesting debate. Just put it. No, that's not prosecutorial discretion. Prosecutors bring a case, especially a case that has, and I was a prosecutor, when you have the impact that this case is going to have, the long-lasting impact on this country's, you know, fiber, you don't just bring a case to that. See what happens if the law can fit, it doesn't fit. Maybe yeah. we get a good judge who hates Trump and, you know, he doesn't dismiss the case. And, you know, maybe we get a good New York jury who doesn't like Trump, a very blue jury. And, and you know, I, I'm, I, I sit back and I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're in for because <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've tried a hundred cases in front of New York juries. And I'll tell you, you know, they're a savvy group. They don't, I don't need, uh, you know, MAGA members of the jury okay i don't i need human beings with a brain and a conscience and, and yeah. someone who wants to be able to go home at night and look in the mirror that's all i need in this case they don't have to like donald trump and, right. and new yorkers are savvy and smart and i don't underestimate them so if they're if they're banking on bringing a case that's unsustainable because juries hate donald trump uh i think they're gonna have another thing coming <laughs> well listen you've had a very busy couple of days i know friday you're on with me and john katsimatidis saturday television with al sharpton sunday television with chuck todd and i got to imagine president trump's already called you five times this morning it's not even nine o'clock yet <laughs> so <laughs> Correct. <My wake> up <laughs> call. <laughs> how many uh, on the way out 30 seconds ago how many hours a day I'm being honest question. Do you spend between phone calls with Trump, who calls you every morning to wake you up, between phone calls and his case, how many hours a day do you devote to President Trump? About 28. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have other cases going on, and you win every one of those as well. You are the best, the greatest defense attorney and even a better friend. And as long as I've known Chuck Todd, I was so happy that you mangled him yesterday. So... Congratulations, Joseph, on, on another great appearance here and with Chuck and the job you're doing. I'm proud of you. I love you. Keep coming back, brother. I'll talk to you on Friday. Okay, brother. Thanks. Hey, wait. Well, I, am I going to see you tomorrow night at the Ranger game? Let's go, Rangers. See you tomorrow night with uh, Pete Morgan. Huh? Yeah. And Matt.
and bringing Matt, my son, so it'll be fun, man. Oh, that's going to be great. Me, Joe Tacopina, Matt Tacopina, Pete Morgan, Rangers Blue Jackets at the Garden coming up tomorrow night. We'll take a short break. Lots more to do, including Gordon Chang, Dove Hiking, Liz Pitko, and talking about Pete Morgan's Sid's Take, all coming your way on a Monday morning on New York's favorite talk show. That's me.